Our scripture this morning is from 1 Peter 4, 9 through 11. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gifts you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ, who has been given the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So as I mentioned in my children's message, um, we've got a special, we've got a special, and I didn't even tell you about this, Sam, we're going to be down front here, so if you want to go to the wide shot. Um, you know, one of the things, get out of here, little stink bug, get out of here. These stink bugs, I tell you. No, well, we got one more, this is all we need. Um, Dougie, if you want to come on down. So one of the things, you may remember a few months ago, I... Oh, and Jerry's coming too. We need one more chair. Okay, that's great. Hey, Jerry, glad you could join us. Um, here, we can scooch over a little bit. I don't need to be all like that. So, you know, a few months ago, we talked about things in this time of transition in between senior pastors that we want to hold on to, take leadership of our own. And so I'm doing that. You know, we used to, in last summer, we did a lot of these dialogue sermons. And I thought I was so moved by them, hearing from our own community members about the work that we do and the passions that we have. And so as we kick off this next little mini-series looking at the ministries of our community, this is a chance to check in with each other after a period of isolation as we're starting to come back together and rebuild our relationships to see what are we doing, how have we been doing it, and what do we want to do in the future together. So um, I'm going to go grab my list of questions, but would you all just get started by um, introducing yourself and talking about what you've been doing for uh, that wonderful organization, Families Moving Forward? Just a week, if, we, if you want to start with Doug, we can start with Doug. Okay, cool. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> well, I was introduced to Families Moving Forward maybe 30 years ago when it was starting at St. Luke. And initially, for many years, it was simply a matter of helping out the committee who were organizing for that week of caring for these people. All right. So 30 years ago, when I got started being involved, it was mainly someone would ask me to help out with an overnight sleepover, so to speak, for because we had adults staying with the families. Uh, we had, each family had their own separate room and we had two adults usually to just be there for support. And I would, I would do that and I would do it almost in terms of uh, a favor to the person asking me. They were filling up their slots. But until I actually got involved on the committee in the preparation and the week they were here and then the cleanup afterwards, and you got to meet the families, did you really understand what Families Moving Forward was all about? And it was, uh, it was a life-changing kind of thing. You just, you, uh, 
just connected with people, you connected with families, you thought you were going to see them again six months later, but they were already moved into a home by then. Uh, I remember a friend asking me one time, you know, I just don't get this taking care of families like this. You know, we, we've did it, and our kids have done it, and uh, why can't they do it? And I said that, uh, you know, we, if one of our kids came home with a medical emergency, lost their job, car broke down, we're the safety net. We cover them and we make sure they're okay. But these families, uh, there is no safety net. They're, they're struggling for a variety of reasons, sometimes bad choices, sometimes just bad luck. And I said, uh, when I think about those kids, they had no part of that decision. And they deserve our support, I said. So uh, I think it's pretty important. Thank you, Doug. Just to be clear, this program, Families Moving Forward, is operated through Beacon Housing. And for a week, we bring families who are experiencing homelessness here into our church. And through the work of volunteer leaders, many volunteer leaders, we have that big whiteboard that appears out in the sanctuary with all the different jobs that you can take. And our classroom spaces and our office spaces up here get transformed into bedrooms. And in those rooms, we put a TV with a DVD player and uh, a bed with clean sheets, pillow with clean linens, um, we, teddy bears for the children, and the youth, and maybe you can speak to this, um, the youth have always been a part of that ex extravagant welcome. Can you talk a little bit about what that extravagant welcome has been like for us? Sure. Um, and I got involved bringing the youth group in five, six years ago. What's your uh, name? Oh, uh, my name's Chip Goodall. Uh, uh, I'm new here. No. <laughs> uh, so uh, Van and, and Doug came to the youth group, and it, you know that first year it wasn't even that hard to get the kids signed up other than it was on a Friday night. So that was a little bit of a challenge to, to make sure everybody had the time available to come in. But once they did it, um, they got so much out of it, like they would ask, you know, the next time that family move, families moving forward was coming. Because they just, they got really into making the spaces uh, kind of fit and personalized for the families that were coming. If they were, you know, one parent, three kids, two girls, one boy, you know, and had their ages, they would then start to decorate, you know, try to give them some uh, drawings, uh, dress up their, you know, names, put name tags above the beds and that kind of thing. And it just was, it was really cool um, because as Doug said, you know, it, it's, it's just something that it can be a very quick, you know, series of events that lead you to needing a safety net. And it's nice to be able to provide that for them. Thank you. Ed, well, let's introduce our, our last panelist down there. Jerry, when did you get involved with Families Moving Forward? Uh, <laughs> many years ago. <laughs> um, Dick Lundy uh, was pastor at the time, and uh, he mentioned he had been in contact with a person who was in contact with somebody in New York. And they had a program out there where 
the churches were feeding the, uh, the homeless people in the area. Then they also went to Housingham. And so this person then met with uh, Marilyn Cool, my wife Arlene and I, and I forget who else was there, but uh, we started talking about it and then uh, we went to a number of meetings with other churches because it takes more than one church. And uh, over the years it grew and uh, we started serving uh, people four times a year, once a week. And uh, so that meant a lot of volunteers. And uh, we needed an organization that could get a bus. They would come and pick up people at the center downtown Minneapolis and bring them out here, way out here. Because to a lot of people, we were a long ways from the area they were used to. Uh, they would stay overnight. Uh, we would feed them a meal. We had a lot of people volunteer to bring in meals. That was really a big deal. And then in the morning, we'd have to roast them up early in the morning, and we didn't have much time to feed them, and oftentimes they weren't hungry either. And so it was maybe coffee or something to drink, some juice. Uh, Jim Gregory and Ruth, his wife at the time, and family provided uh, lunches for him to take in a bag back to the day center. And the one thing about this organization was that this day center, they could have some storage for some of their private uh, belongings so they didn't have to drag them back and forth. Uh, they could, uh, I think they had a shower down there at the time. And the main thing is they had telephones because that time we weren't using cell phones that much. And so they could call and uh, sometimes for acquiring jobs but also looking for a place to stay. And um, it was huge. And we were blessed with a lot of people that gave up their time that would come and spend with people. But other than that, uh, Arlene and I got started because with Marilyn Cool, we were staying with homeless people at St. Stephen's. And those were individuals. And then this program came along was working with family. Like Doug said, kids. And kids should not be homeless. And um, they needed food like we talked at the mod this morning. And so we were blessed to help them out. Thank you. As, um, as we continue reflecting on this, um, what are, can you mention like one particular instance that it just, like, like I remember you talking about Doug, about how you kind of came and you did this as a favor, but then you actually experienced it and getting on the committee sort of transformed the way you look at it. Can any of you um, offer an example, a time, a moment, an experience that just you're never gonna forget that continued and fueled you to continue doing this work year after year? Because everybody up here has done this so many years in a row as we've been working on this at church. What is something that keeps you going when it's Long days, a lot of volunteering, maybe some problematic issues here and there. What are some moments that keep you going? Well, for me, it, it um, first of all, getting on the committee was really important to getting involved with it. But as a retired teacher, junior high teacher, uh, eighth grade, I loved them, but I, I just couldn't imagine an eighth grader coming to school and having a friend say, well, where are you going tonight? Well, I'm going to be at St. Luke's Presbyterian tonight. And they would say, well, you, are you in a youth group there? No, uh, 
my family staying there this week. And then next week, I'll be at a different church. I mean, I just can't imagine kids at a junior high level having to reveal that about themselves. I mean, I just think that would be really hard. So for me, that was always that tie that with, the, with the kids. And to be clear, these families come in all makeups that you address too. Sometimes we have two parents and three kids. Sometimes it's one parent and five kids. Sometimes it's you infants. Know, what infants, yeah. elementary school, junior high, high school, it's the full gamut. Yep, I, for me, it isn't even, because I mentioned the, just watching the, our youth get really excited to make those families feel welcome, which is, I mean, it, it's a really good feeling. The, the second thing that I had an experience was, we were working on one of the uh, intergenerational, um, yeah, uh, the quilt maker's gift. <laughs> and so we were rehearsing during the week that they were here, and the families, I'm sure a couple of them probably didn't like the racket we were making as we were practicing, but it, there was one particular family, the, the kids just, I mean, they were enthralled with the musicians. And so, you know, I, I kind of like that. So uh, that resonated with me. And, but I mean, I had, I had uh, a little guy that just stayed right by the drum set the whole time. And, you know, they were eating dinner and, you know, his mom had to keep calling him back over to eat dinner and that kind of thing. But I mean, just to, to it was just really cool to, to have that connection with the family. Yeah, I want to go back a little bit too. That the, uh, Doug mentioned uh, he's a teacher, and then so was I. And so, helping kids is really huge. But uh, the center also allowed the kids to go to the same school week after week after week, so they weren't split up. And the one thing for homeless, it to be stable, to have these kids stable, is so important. We talk about their brain growth and everything else in that. They have to have the stability. Um, for me, uh, one of the things I remember is that uh, we had uh, one Somalian family, and then we had a single woman from Somalia in that. And I had never met anyone from Somalia. I mean, I teach school, and we had immigrants coming in, but not from Somalia in that. So here's another culture. And to me, it was a big growth, because it also meant learning about what they ate because our meals were huge and so we had to change what we were providing for them and so it was a big learning experience for me. Thank you and this has been how many years did you say that we've been doing here this St. Luke would you say? Mid-80s so 40, 40-ish years my entire lifespan. <laughs> awesome. That's amazing. That really is amazing. That um, for, and it's not my entire lifespan if it's over 40, just to be clear, um, but to have such a recurring ministry. Who, over the years, who's been a part of volunteering? Look at that. Amazing. This ministry has touched so many lives in the community at large and our community here. It is one of those times that, you know, if you've done an overnight, if you've been an overnight host, 
That is an experience that you get to share with your fellow congregant, and you get to tell the stories, and oh my goodness. And getting to meet with these families and taking the time to, you know, know them as people and hear about their challenges and bless them by honoring that story that they can share and be heard and seen as a beloved child of God, not just a homeless person begging for money on the street. That is a true gift. And much like the whole rest of the world about three years ago, this ministry underwent some serious challenges when the pandemic hit because we couldn't host anymore. It was unsafe to bring families in together into small spaces that we'd be sharing meals. and We, were, we couldn't do it. And so uh, can you talk about how this program has been transformed in the last few years? Well, the Beacon, the overriding uh, governing authority, um, somehow worked with the county and acquired rooms in hotel. And of course, hotels at that time were not filling up like they were before. So they had one hotel they used uh, just west of Chanhassen, and then this last year they had one in Chaska that was uh, cheaper to, to operate from. But there the family stayed in a hotel room with a, like a mini kitchen for the entire time. And churches like ours would go down there for a week, would bring meals. And it, it was really, a, I think for the families, a very positive thing in, in terms of their situation. Uh, in terms of our own personal connection, we didn't get to know the families as well because they would come down, get their food, you might interact briefly, and then they go back to their rooms. So you wouldn't see them those four hours in the evening. So in that respect, it was different for us. But in terms of uh, a safe place for them and a good place for the children, it just worked well. And we're coming up to a time now where they're making major decisions, Beacon, and his house, looking at this program moving forward, and probably determining that it will go back to congregations again. And, and they're gonna be making decisions like in the next two weeks from what the director told me. So we'll find out more about that. Yeah, we were hoping to have information to say, here's what's gonna come next, folks. Um, they haven't made that decision, but um, this is a ministry of ours that we will continue and so when that information comes out, we will definitely share it with all of you. Um, I know certainly for the last few years, I want to shout out to yourself and Van, um, your other uh, leaders. Who, is, who, who are the people who are sitting on that leadership team, Doug? Let's well, give them a shout out. Well, Sharon and Bruce Gross, Stephen, and uh, Becky Kajander was on it, and, and Jerry and Arlene, and... And the ones before us, uh, Janie Warner and Steve and the Bjorks, Jim and Cheryl, and so they're, and Sandy's Ice and Van, Van Harding, Van Schock, uh, were on it when I got on it initially. So it, it's, it's been fun to be part of the group, and it's, it's been an evolving program, and we'll find out more, I guess. Yeah, and I just, so I wanted to shout out those folks. Thank you for so much, because over the last few years, much like what we were doing here in worship, where Brendan and I were kind of doing everything, these folks were doing it all. It was hard to find volunteers to pull people together, and so to collect a meal and take it down there and serve it, uh, that leadership team was doing all of that. And so for the last couple of years, this program has been sustained through that hard work by people like yourselves 
in the shadows. It has not been publicly recognized. It's one of the reasons I wanted to start with this program, was to say thank you, to thank you to those of you watching at home who are part of this, who have kept it going for the last few years. And also I want to mention, Paul Winslow and Jim Hayden have been part of the current committee. Thank you, Paul and Jim. And as we think about what the future of families looking forward looks like, families moving forward, excuse me, it, there is this mild expectation that churches are going to be back in the loop as host facilities again. And if we're being completely honest, those systems that we had in place for 40 years are kind of rusted. We haven't kept them lubed up for the last three years. We I haven't... think old, I think, is the word. I wasn't going to say old. <laughs> because the systems themselves of who's going to bring the whiteboard, who's going to sign up to do this, this is a routine that we look forward to do every couple of months. The youth remember it and love it and welcome in their friends to do this. These systems and routines, we're out of practice. We have other routines, other ruts that, we're give, that we've gotten in. And so as we look to bring this program back, I'm expecting not to get right back into a groove and we're jamming on all cylinders again. We have to forge a new path. And often forging a new path is easier done with fresh eyes and fresh backs. <laughs> and if anything that we have said up here today is moving to you, if you feel like this is a program that is crucial for us to continue, I invite you to come talk to me about it or to talk to Doug um, and see what that might look like, how you might be able to be involved in continuing this legacy that we've had for decades into a new one. Yeah, get in there. Yeah. Uh, this is just a plea on the AV guys side uh, from Jeff and me. If, if you all have TVs, DVD players that have more modern connections, that, that'd be great. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff and I spend the entire Friday nights trying to sift through cables, connectors, and which TV, which DVD player we have to pair up in which room. Uh, so that, that'd be cool. Yeah, it'd be really cool if we had TVs that had, like, inputs to do a Roku, right? Right? Modern technology? Slow down. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, if we could get away from RCA, that would be great. That would be great. Um, so there are so many ways to be involved. If you are like, boy, this sounds really cool. I want to get involved in this. I want to get my family involved in this. I want to get my neighbors involved in this. Because I was hearing that millennial you know, son of mine friend saying, oh, churches are all empty. Then why don't they put homeless people in them? That would be a better use of space. Well, we do that. We do that here. And we can only keep doing that by all of us getting on board with this and making it happen. And if you don't know how you might do it, maybe your back isn't as fresh as you'd like it to, or maybe you don't really know how to do it. There, donate a TV. Oh, bless. Donate... Um, some stuffed animals. We don't, I don't know if we, I think we should probably restock our whole supply um, and really get a fresh start at this. There are so many ways. And all you need to do is say, hey, Nora, how can I get involved in that? 
Um, are there other uh, thoughts about the future of family moving forward that I'm not that I'm forgetting? What, what hopes and prayers do you all have for the future of this ministry? Well, I would hope it would keep going. I, I think at a minimum, we, we possibly could team up with another church and, and uh, work with another church on it. But I, I think we have a facility here that's worked in the past. And I think that's the side we should explore first. Many years ago, I thought by now homelessness would be a thing of the past, and it's not, and uh, people need us. I mean, for me, long term, I'd like to see that we didn't need the program, but I like the idea of pairing with a local church and you know, kind of spreading that net, and, and many hands make less work. So true, and many hands are needed for this work. It takes, it takes a lot. It does. It's a heavy lift that this is not a program that I or any senior pastor could sustain on their own. The reason this has been sustained through how many pastors has not been because of us. It's because of y'all doing this really important work. So thank you all for living out the call to offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. The joy that comes that I've seen on your faces from doing this work, that I have felt that I've seen from the youth who have been here, who have decorated signs and posted them, the joy that I've seen from the children who come into this space and say, that's my bed. My name's over it. They spelled it right. We, we have heard that from uh, quite a few families. They felt really good about being here. And after a series of bad luck, after a string of hardships, to have a place, that's my bed. This is where I can sleep. I'm going to be safe. I'm going to be warm. I'm going to have a meal tomorrow. There is no greater gift in my estimation of how we can live our faith in this world. So thank you for your efforts, your continued efforts. Thank you for listening and being inspired. And I look forward to what the next decade of this ministry is going to look like. Yeah. You know, if we had a TV or a DVD player yeah. or some stuffed animals or something like yeah. that, is that something we could just bring to the church? You can absolutely talk to me about what you have. <laughs> If you have a TV or some animals or something, you can absolutely come talk to me and let me know, and I can coordinate those efforts to make sure that we don't suddenly have 500 stuffed animals show up. Oh, and, and a, a plea for uh, DVDs. Oh my God, yes. We have, uh, you know, a, a scratched copy of Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell's Overboard. That, yeah. Uh, has, yeah. has been well played. Yeah. So it's a 40 year old newer. program, right? <laughs> we had DVDs from when it was fresh. <laughs> and PG at most, mostly G for the families. If you're looking at, like, I don't need DVDs anymore, what am I going to do with these? If you have any G or PG, talk to me. We can have a new home for them. Thank you all for your time and your witness and your attention today.
God bless you on this time, and God bless us on this ministry together.